one thing on the duties from parents to their children that is is one of the oh Jeremiah I forgot my my sword I must have um, or I'll find it must have yeah I've, I've got a Geneva in here but I guess I'd prefer to probably have my James for right now but anyhow um, just uh, you know, along the lines of the study last week that uh, Esther had brought up about parents' duty to the children, I, I know we did touch on a few things out of uh, Deuteronomy, and one thing that that I think is you know worth you know covering again. I, as I say before we started up the recording, I, I failed to actually take note of some of the scripture references that we drew from last week and so I don't have anything down so if there's a repetition here then repetition is the key to wisdom uh, and the key to learning but in Deuteronomy chapter 11 this particular instruction that we see um, is just so fundamentally important it seems to me and um Let's go to 18 and 19. It says, so I'm in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18. Therefore shall you lay up these words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand, that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them, your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thy house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou lies down and when thou rises up. And this is one that, you know, often gets missed. Um, Fathers go off to work and generally earlier than the rest of the the family and the children has has really got underway or, um, you know, shortly after after breakfast, you know, you're having to... uh, having to get on your way, and so there's minimal time there. And it, it's definitely one of those instructions that as time slips by and days go into weeks and weeks into months and months into years, I myself, you know, can see many times, even though, you know, we've talked about things, we've had conversations about things, um, you know, think about that. Speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. And if you think about the the modern you know Christian world or the modern church world, you find yourself asking that question. Does does this you know admonishment even remotely get the credit that it ought to have and the due that it certainly is due? Because if we were to be talking about these things, uh, dare we say we would have any question as to whether or not you know, there is legitimacy to law and order, number one? Would there be any question about whether or not um, we are, are 
under a command or an instruction that we are to allow any individuals uh, into the land that God has given us flowing with milk and honey because right there in 11, just previous, we've got the promise here, therefore shall you keep all the commandments, I mean 11.8 of Deuteronomy, which I command you this day that you may be strong and go in and possess the land whither you go to possess and that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give unto them to their seed a land that flows with milk and honey. For the land whither you go in to possess, it is not as the land of Egypt from whence you came out, where thou sowed your seed and watered it with thy foot as a garden of herbs. But the land whither you go to possess is a land of hills and valleys and drink is water of the rain of heavens, a land which the Lord God thirsts for. The eyes of the Lord God are always upon it from the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year. So once again, you think about the Christian world and its and its conversation that it has about you know teaching your children and speaking you know when you walk by the way. These things should be no question to us at all. But these laws, in fact, these commands, these statutes and judgments that you know Moses is delivering to them, proceeding from the mouth of God, you know. Um, they're not discussed. In fact, they're nope. considered taboo. They're considered, you know, uh, of no effect, of no value or consequence, really, um, to the people. And so this little command here of doing this and teaching when we walk by the way and so forth, it's not being carried out in, in you know, dare I say, the smallest or remote, you know, the remotest, you know, uh, aspect? Is it even being carried out? And I have to conclude the answer is surely no. No, I don't think so. And, and in terms of it being referenced, you know, this Mennonite church that I've been attending for about four years, they, they do read from the Old Testament, uh, you know, maybe 30, 40% of the scriptures that are discussed are Old Testament, but um, that's certainly one that's never never been read. And here, you know, in, in the United States, we have the inheritance uh, tax. So even if you wanted to give your children an inheritance of land, it's going to be taxed to some amount, and there's some movements to say that those inheritance taxes should be significantly higher than they already are presently, potentially even 100%. That inheritance of land should not even be allowed. Exactly. Yeah, and and uh, good evening, Rich. Good evening, guys. You know, I was thinking that that's, that's definitely one of the topics that I would enjoy uh, carrying forth a fellowship with would be the laws of God. And, you know, really to, to literally, you know, break them down and, um, you know, 
make a modern application of many of those laws. Um, I think that that's something that's needed. I know I expressed that to Pastor Peter several times that, you know, and it was part of what I said when we were talking about starting solutions was trying to take the Sunday service and making it applicable because I, for my life, you know, for the better portion of my life uh, in my Christian walk, found myself really seeing very little way in which to, um, you know, affect the application of these things. And so, in essence, you know, your Christianity, therefore, seems to be woefully ineffective and, and woefully lacking. And that makes you feel void. It makes you feel as if, you know, there's something totally missing. So that's that's one aspect that I think that we could certainly do well with and a lot of people could learn from those uh, fellowship uh, studies that that could be done on on that particular topic. So, um, but, you know, just, you know, recapping where we were last week on, on, you know, a parent's duty to their children. I mean, these are really... If you think about it, which many people don't think about it in terms of the expectation that God has of us as being those who carry the name Christ's sons. There's an expectation that you be about the will and that you be about the Father's business and that you be about carrying the Father's name proudly, correctly, and so forth. And so, you know, not, you know, having this applied um, and seeing the ways that it should be applied, it, it just, we're just living in a dream world, you know. And I did a message called uh, the Apostles' Political Commission. And the thing about the New Testament, if you one is actually honest with the scriptures, um, these individuals, these apostles, were given physical actions to carry out. And one of the things about Paul was that, you know, Christ had had told. Um, um, now I'm going to draw a name on, blank on his name. I know it's not Ananias, but it, it has a similar ring to it. Come on, help me out here. Uh, that came and spoke to Paul when he had lost his sight. Um, and he says to him, you know, <clears throat> go ahead and go to Paul because um, he's going to be, uh, paraphrasing poorly, he's going to, you know, he's going to have a commission to go to kings and priests and and leadership, rulers. Well, so when you think about it, when we're going to talk about this in the way, and we're going to speak about it when we rise up, when we sit down, then our commission is to speak these things to these political leaders, to these leaders. And obviously our leaders are already supposed to know this. But remember that Christ told these guys, and specifically it stated about Paul, that they're going to go into the world. And, of course, we know the world. Uh, 
know that it said uh, that these were turning the world upside down. Okay, well, why was it turning it upside down? We'd already had the law. We'd already should have understood and known the application of it. And we already should have known and had fundamental practice of it and application of it. But what we found in Scripture was Christ having to admonish and rebuke leadership because they were not doing as they were saying. And we're, we're in no different shape, you know, we're in no different shape today than, than they were then. And we've got leadership who neglects and has, in fact, taught. And I have been looking at these New Testament scriptures, literally. I have been looking at them as if I need to understand every single word and every single phrase and every single piece because I am telling you that things that we have been taught are not the way that they are written. We might perceive that they're written the way we're being taught, but that's only because we've not taken some of the time necessary to actually define the words. And in defining the words and defining the phrases, now we come to the whole understanding and concept that the things that we were taught that we've actually carried on without thinking about it perhaps, um, we now realize that they're wrong. And I am finding this out with just as, as recently as a, a complete study that I did on that whole armor of God in Ephesians 6. And one day... Either I'm going to put a message out there and it'll be there for posterity or we'll do a a full study on it. But I can guarantee you that even the way that was being taught by some that I knew and that I participated with their ministry um, is not exactly so. That doesn't mean that there's, you know, a, a total you know, false teaching or something. I'm just saying that the concept has been in error. And maybe concept is not the right word. Certainly the context is, uh, and because of, if anybody knows what I'm talking about, the Ephesians 6, it's the armor of God. If we totally look at that armor of God as being nothing more than spiritual, we have severely handicapped ourselves in our ability to actually carry out in the kingdom the plan of God. And so maybe someday we'll, we'll get into that. So as I say, I've been looking at a lot of these scriptures. And then last week when we, I believe this was one of the scriptures that we touched on. And, you know, I may have elaborated on a little bit last week. I don't recall for sure, but... Um, I find myself after I, you know, we, we close up the fellowship, I find myself thinking on that scripture and dwelling on it and, and recognizing that we're not even remotely coming close 
to being able to say that we're doing this. Because if we were, our people would know the law. You know, and there's a scripture in scripture that says, God says to, I believe it's Isaiah or Jeremiah, one of the prophets, he says, <clears throat> if you had been teaching them my ways, they would have turned. They would have turned. And that's our problem in America here, is that if we were being ter- taught what we ought to be being taught, and these words certainly are the precursor to that, we would be turning. And I have to believe that God is correct when he says that. I don't believe that he just said it in a flight of fancy. I believe that he believes it. And I believe that it is true because I know that we're not being taught it and this is the chaos that we have. Where am I going wrong, Rich? I think I lost Rich. What happened to Rich? (laughs) Well, where am I going wrong, Isaac? Oh, hmm. you know what you know what you know what I mean, don't you? I mean, I'm oh, yeah. being clear in my speech, aren't I? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, I think it makes sense. I think the the well, I mean, one part of this is it goes back to what uh, you've been talking about a lot over over the last couple of years, at least, is that everybody is taught that this none of this old stuff applies to them and so what comes out of that is that you don't need to care you don't need to follow any of this stuff two reasons that they give that it's been done away with and that that's for different people right that's what's taught incorrectly uh so so it's not taught and nobody does well not typically people don't care about any of this um so i think i think you're right uh yeah that's kind of my conclusion yeah you know and you look at the promise there in verse 21 of deuteronomy 11 that your days may be multiplied and that the days of your children be multiplied in the land which the Lord swear to your fathers. Um, you know, boy, so you look at all the, um, you know, <clears throat> all the fervor of the day about, you know, how things are, whether it's, you know, by political parties, Democrats or Republicans, or whether it's by conservatives or liberals or whatever it is. So you look at all the hand wrangling and so forth. And and where is it that anybody is considering 22? For if you shall diligently keep all these commandments, which I command you to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to cleave unto him, 
Then will the Lord drive out all these nations from before you, and you shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. I mean, that, that, that's a magnificent pro- promise. But, of course, you know, now we're all joined, called, you know, United Nations and so forth, and we're all just, you know, um, brotherhood of nations together. And so, basically... We don't need to drive out any nations before us anymore, and we don't need to possess greater nations and mightier than ourselves. Um, and for the most part, as I've said before, you know, we have uh, carried out the commission of God. It may not be pretty in many respects. Um, it is happening. God's desire is going to be carried out whether we like it or not. And whether we, uh, you know, truly um, do it in accordance with him, he will, in the end, uh, work with this catastrophe in, in, you know, in the best sense that, that can, can come out of disobedience. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, that's the only thing I can say about it is that in some respects it's happening but we violated all his laws in order to try to get it to happen and he's been um, you know he has been consistent in carrying out and fulfilling his part of the bargain and his part of the promise um, is he ha- has he had enough is he about to have enough that's the risk I think that we run, and it's a risk that you know we certainly don't want for our children's children. So when we think about a parent's duty to their children, I've got to be thinking about this, don't I? Well, I think. Uh... Rich, are you still there? Did I lose you? Just check. No, I'm still here. All right. Well, um, I know you uh, weren't here last week, but uh, we started a little study on parents' duty to children. and uh, Esther had brought that topic up, and so we began to touch on it a little bit last week, and I thought there's probably some additional things that we should, you know, probably touch on yet and uh, thought we could probably do a little bit more this week with it. Um, I've been working on some other things, but I don't know that I want to, you know, begin them right away. If uh, if uh, there's uh, some additional thoughts or anything that you might have on this uh, subject and want to bring some things out and we'll, we've got the recording running and uh, I haven't heard from Russell, so I'm a little concerned about that, trusting that all is well there other than perhaps a busy schedule that got the best of them here today or something. And Esther last week uh, wound up having to pull late shift with his uh, boss. And that happens in summer. I, I realize that everybody's really trying to pull as much as they can. They're doubling up their jobs and trying to get more done and and so forth because a lot of these trades like construction, electrical work and stuff, it does tend to slow off as the 
as the thieving What's that? Make no make more bricks with no straw. Yeah, yeah. So so uh uh everybody's definitely in it. So but anyhow, what uh what thoughts do you have then on this? Uh I've got a few more points that I thought I'd bring out, but as you heard, I just thought that it's worth expounding upon this whole thing with Deuteronomy 11, 18, and 19 because it just, it, it you know, it's definitely something that is not being done uh, in any great sense of the of the thought. So, what's your thoughts? I'm thinking so we've got a generation who's going to be in trouble because they. They show lack of respect to parents and elderly and babies, and like any anybody but them is uh, is a target. And, uh, you know, it's the, the only uh, commandment with a promise that things would go well with you. And I'm not seeing the basic respect. You know, people are saying the same things to um, to adults, and, and um, that we never saw even our generation messed up as that was. It seemed like there was still um, more respect, you know, for older people. Do you see any yeah. of that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I think for the most part for us, just like you, you know, we, we live in a different circle. We obviously curtail what kind of circles we mingle in. Um, but even you with your with your business, you know, you're going to see that and you're going to be around environments where you're going to see that. Um, you know, we've got a... Uh, a wedding photographer uh, or a photographer who does a lot of wedding shoots and so forth. And and you can imagine, because you've been around some weddings yourselves and so forth, that there are times that, um, you know, you see all manner of behaviors at these at these weddings and you really get a sense of, of where things are at. Um, I think of this scripture of Deuteronomy 11, 18, and 19, and, and that instruction is not just, you know, it's really an instruction in righteousness. And so, to your point, too, if this instruction in righteousness is not occurring, which is the righteousness of Christ, which is the laws, commands, and statutes that Christ told us, if you love me, keep my commandments. So, um, yes, we know we're all, you know, susceptible. We know that all have sinned and fell short. But why tell us, you know, to do these things? Why encourage us to, to the righteousness if it isn't doable, if it isn't possible, if it isn't um, not only that but honorable, if it isn't an expectation, if you will? And so, um, 
But let's just go to something here that I had marked, Psalms 78, and this goes right to the core of what you're saying, which is a lack of respect in chapter 78 of Psalms. Um, I was going to say, where should I begin there? But um, uh, I know I had five marked down, but just... uh, yeah, let me do start with one um, because this is actually uh, what it's all about. Psalm 78, give ear, O thy people, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. This is the one I marked with spy. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandment, and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. So, That's a good song. once again, yeah, an excellent song, telling us that you know, this this very thing and what its purpose was for and teaching the law. Give ear, O my people, to what? To my law. Incline your ears to what? To the words of my mouth. Well what flowed out of the out of his mouth? What words flowed out of his mouth? His law. We will not hide them from their children. And that's what has happened. They've been hidden from our children. You know, it reminds me of why God reminds us that he will preserve a remnant. And we're told in Scripture Men will die in their sins. It will not be because they do not know anymore because he said he'd written it upon their hearts from the least to the greatest. They shall know him and know his work, know these laws. And knowing right from wrong or the righteousness of Christ, um, you know, when you look out across America, you see a lot of people who do not see any wrong in many of the things that, that they do. So that heart is now changing. That heart is is shifting into a debased, and gross heart, a heart that does not seek after God. 
you wanted to add something, Isaac? I heard you open up the microphone. Well, the scripture that you just read, that was when, when Jesus showed up on the scene and was of age, that was effectively his, his uh, case against the scribes and Pharisees, right? I mean, it doesn't say it in those exact words, but that's pretty much what, what he was saying is that you guys are teaching all of this stuff, you've twisted all of the laws to mean something entirely different, and you're teaching those laws to, those wrong laws to all of these people. People are following them, and you're doing it to your own advantage. So I just think that's, that's interesting. That, that command, that that commandment is all the way back in Deuteronomy, and uh, and that's what Jesus had, uh, was holding against uh, those people. Well, yeah, you know, um, the just when you started to say that, I thought, you know, chapter twenty-three of Matthew, and um, right here first few verses spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples saying the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Okay, well who was the law given to to be given to Israel? It was given to Moses. All therefore whatsoever that they bid that you observe you observe and do. But do not you after their works for they say and do not. They bind heavy burdens, grievous to be borne, lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. Now a lot of people don't know what that means. Well, in those days, broadening the border of your garment would have been adding these, uh, similar to what what you know a a military personnel does with adding uh, bars and stripes and so forth to to let the person um, who they want to know uh, they have these bars and these stripes and they have they have you know. Uh, a certain level of clout or a certain level of of uh, standing, if you will. And that's what that m- means. Verse 6, And love the, uppermo- the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the market, and to be called of men rabbi. But be not any of you called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all you, and all you are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Never be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. Um, you know, this this is the thing. Is we look at our church leadership and so forth, even our political leadership, and we we say, okay, you know, are they doing what they say that we are to do? And let's just take many of the things that you just said about 
you know, inheritance tax and some other things like that. The question is, are they doing what they expect you to do? And I can give you the answer to that, and the answer is no. They are using whatever legal means that they have drafted to create those burdens for you, and yet they won't lift themselves a finger in order to help you to have this burden come off of you. But somewhere in those codes and somewhere in those statutes is your escape hatch. But they're not going to tell you. They're not going to tell you how you can avoid the inheritance tax. You know, um, they're not going to tell you uh, that its application is for this or for that and that it actually technically does not actually apply to you at all similar to the income tax and things like that you know they they never told anybody that the income tax applied to liquor and uh, uh, tobacco and firearms goods you know and things of that nature they just made it apply to you Um, but how many of them you know know what they need to do in order to avoid if you will <clears throat> the burden that they've that they've placed on others and in so doing they are actually secret in that they are um, they are not sharing with you how uh, because lest they tell you then boy if they tell you then um, you know you would actually use their name and say, well, I was told by Congressman so-and-so that this doesn't apply to me. <laughs> and you'd bring him in as a, as a witness. And he'd either have to lie in front of all those people, and so this is, you know, this is why these things are not done. So, anyhow, I know I went off a little bit there, but, you know, it's, it's, it's associated. It's, it's not something to just, you know, disregard as well but uh, anyhow we went over I know the Proverbs 22 6 which is to train up a child in the way you should go and that, that I refer to that as one of those promises that that were given you know in spite of everything else if we train that child what is the correct way they may vary on the path. They may waver from side to side. They may even get off of the path. But that's a promise that I can look to and I can say he's told me that they'll, they'll get back on it some way. If I've done right in training them properly, they'll get back on that path um, and they won't depart from it. But I think the most important thing about that scripture is, is the point of not departing from it. You see, I use the analogy of you might get off the path, you might vary, but technically that's not what that scripture is saying. It's saying train them up in the way they should go. They better stay on that path, and they should stay on that path. They shouldn't be wearing, varying you know, and wavering on that path. That technically is what's being said. And so it it is truly a promise that if we do that, that we can adhere to that, just like Rich said that you know that 
the commandment that says to love the parents. It's the it's the first commandment with promise that that we see. Well, the problem is too who's training up your child. They're in the public Absolutely. school system, handing your kids over to the enemy. I think that commandment was to set up an environment for the the children to actually worship God. Once they were in an obedient situation with parents, they were more open to um, laws, statutes, and judgments because they've been hearing them. And it... um, just took a lot of that nastiness out of them because that's what they were involved with. Yeah, you know, also what it is, is the first respect was the respect to God, the respect to the Creator, and and what that that means and what that entails. Um, In Isaiah chapter 38, verse 15, I'll begin with, what shall I say? He has both spoken unto me and himself has done it. I shall go softly all my years in the bitterness of my soul. O Lord, by these things men live, and in all these things is the life of my spirit. So wilt thou recover me and make me to live? Behold, for peace I had great bitterness, but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption. For thou hast cast all my sins behind your back, behind thy back. For the grave cannot praise thee, death cannot celebrate thee. They that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. The living, the living, he shall praise thee, as I do this day. The Father to the children shall make known thy truth. The Lord was ready to save me, therefore we will sing my songs to the stringed instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. For Isaiah had said, let them take a lump of figs and lay it for a plaster upon the boil and he shall recover. Just right there, the promise of life, you know, that, that, that we see and how he says, you know, it's a promise of a long life and things would go well with you. Mm-hmm. The living, the living, he shall praise thee, as I do this day. The Father to the children shall make known thy truth. And what is his truth? Well, it's, it's all interconnected. You know, okay, I just looked at that. I've got a footnote on that one. Let's flip over to Deuteronomy chapter 4. I think we may have covered this one last week. Do you recall Jeremiah and Deuteronomy 4? And uh, it's, I've got 6 and 9, I think, also. And I'm pretty sure we did a few of the chapter 6, and we may have done 9. We may have. 
I think we did do four or nine. Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from the heart all the days of the life. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. Boy, does anybody care whether or not God delivered them, plucked them out of a nation and delivered them into a land flowing with milk and honey? Does anybody even care about that? Not only that, do they even recognize and care that in America, once again, they were delivered into a land of milk and honey? It was a land of the wilderness, and it was forged. And now what do we hear all day long is that um, I, today I had the radio on at probably two different times for all of five minutes, and each time all I heard was sound bites about America being founded upon by white. Um, do you recall what it said on the one time, Jeremiah, when you were in with me? What did they? What are they saying? The white. Do I want to say? Did they say white racism? Uh, um, uh, you know, what? You know what were they talking about? Know, and just this afternoon when we were in there, the radio was on for a few minutes there. And, on the way home. And that, yeah, I don't remember if it was the way home or over there. But it said, uh, and I heard it one time earlier in the day, and I'm sure it was about three times that I must have heard uh, how America was founded upon, you know, white racism. And essentially, you know, What what they want the people to believe is something that's not true. Was it the white Europeans who migrated to these shores and inhabited it, the, the country? Yes, indeed it was. But, you know, this whole idea of white racism, you know, has nothing whatsoever to do with the truth. And the truth actually makes these guys flee like cockroaches because when you hit them with the truth, they've got nothing left. And I think this is another thing that we can learn from this, these scriptures is that we have the truth. And if we're not telling it to the children and letting our children tell it to their children and their children to the next generations, just as in Joel 1, 3 tells us, and these other scriptures that we've spoke about, then the people are told lies, and they come to believe those lies. And it's, I look at this New Testament, and I say, I was told to stand up for this truth. I was told to stand up for the righteousness of Christ. I was told to stand up for his commands, statutes, and judgments. That's what I was told to do. That's what this New Testament actually tells us to do. And we were told way back in the Old Testament to do it. And since the New Covenant, as we've learned, is with the same people, should it surprise us? that the command is the same? 
No, it shouldn't surprise us. However, the church world has taught us essentially that God did change. That's not true. That's lies. We never did get to Second Corinthians <laughs> Russell's gonna just go on to bed now that he just uh, it's getting wrapped up. So I understand. Um <clears throat> Back to Corinthians, let's flip over there because I marked this scripture because it is something that um, if this were being taught, um, I've got to believe that Christians would be upset with what is going on and they would immediately revolt and turn the world upside down. Certainly here in America, we ought to be able to turn America upside down to where it's currently headed. Um, Chapter uh, 12, and I want to start at, I have verse 14 that I was going to cover, but... uh, Then I'm in First Corinthians. I am Second Corinthians twelve. Uh, well, no, there's nowhere to start uh, before this. Behold, the third time I'm ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you, for I seek not yours, but but you. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. Um, you know, think about that. A, a child is to leave to his children's children an inherit, or a, a parent is to leave to his children's children an inheritance. I guess I'm going to have to look that scripture up because I didn't pull that one out. I know I may have referred to it last week as well. Um, but. Okay, how are you supposed to, in today's world, leave to your children's children an inheritance? Um, Go to where the gentleman can't find it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, in other words, become a lawbreaker, correct? Or, in some respects, become a lawbreaker because the laws that are being written. Um, you can go out there and you can go invest in what they call a stock market and you can apply the practices of usury to your to your your plan of providing for your children's children and essentially requiring some XYZ company that you've got your money quote invested with to give you a rate of return in excess of what it is that you've quote, lent them or invested with them. And so, you know, you can practice that and you can hang on for the wild ride that it will be, uh, booms and busts and so forth. And at the end, you can see what you'll have left for your children's children. 
so that in and of itself is a fairly significant gamble. And then if you try to do other things, um, such as investing in, in land and real estate and so forth, while there will be other taxes that you will be required there, you will first of all not have a parcel of land that you will be able to bequeath to your children's children and everybody will have a piece of that land and uh, the land being uh, the Lord's uh, is is their entitlement, so that they they won't have any of that. So, in essence, um, how do you carry out this command? And if this command were being taught to the people, and being taught in a way, in other words, this would be a law. This would be a law to give to your children's children an inheritance. And so, we would, as a governmental body, see to it that everything that we do is in keeping with that command, is in keeping with that instruction. And that's a, that, if that is not turning the world upside down or turning a nation upside down, then I don't know what is. What do you guys say? We got to get together. We need power and numbers to turn things upside down. Well, there was only twelve of them. Well, I think there were a few more than twelve. I mean, the first uh, time Peter spoke, he baptized five thousand, right? Yeah. A couple more than twelve. but there were 12 to begin with. Do we not have 5,000? We have millions. Right. We need an organizer. Well, we have an organizer. We have an organizer. His name is Christ. <clears throat> He's the ultimate organizer. <clears throat> well, if he's got directives out there, it doesn't look like the people are following him. Proverbs thirteen twenty two. Is the scripture that I was referring to? What was that? Ecclesiastes. I blew right past that. How did I do that? Thirteen. Where do we want to begin there? Well, simply, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of a sinner is laid up for the just. I heard the other day there's 600 billionaires in the country. Think they're laying up some money? 
600 billionaires. Yeah. Well, you know, in the scripture that says, you know, uh, teaching them to be twofold more sons of hell than themselves. Um, so the question is, you know, are all 600 actually applying righteousness to that wealth or are they teaching twofold more sons of hell, child of hell than themselves? And that's what's really dangerous. Using and those that people are getting their inheritance. Was that Isaac? Well, those people are getting that inheritance, and everybody else is starting from scratch. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly, and that's what I—that's part of what I mean by you know, are they going to be? Uh, are are they going to be doing it for righteousness sake and and in the intention to pursue after that or are those you know many of them ill-gotten gains to begin with and secondly um those that follow um are they going to be going the way of the of the the father or are they going to be well, in either way, are they going the way of the Father? And is it a way of righteousness or a way of unrighteousness? And so in so doing, do they become twofold more sons of hell than, than the previous one? Because they, you know, have acquired it in, in ill-gotten ways or, you know, I mean, one could look at you know, I think of the whole thing with Microsoft, you know. And as I have come to get some understanding of it, you know, it was somebody else's idea to begin with, and it's said that it was stolen. Well, I don't know that I can safely say that it is true or it is not. You might be able to speak more to that than me, Isaac. Um, but... Um, you know, oh, if that's the case, it was bought very cheaply, and then it was uh, utilized as a far more valuable property than what it was bought for, basically. But I think, in some way, the Bible uh, the Bible supports that. You agree to sell something; somebody else can use it for. Uh, or it's more valuable to somebody else. I don't know that there's a problem directly with that. Right. No, I don't. I don't know that either. But my understanding was is that the that the initial concept and so forth was somehow uh, somehow stolen in its in its infancy. And uh, yeah, my understanding, yeah. and I might be wrong, or maybe I didn't hear the right story, but I saw some documentary that it was purchased. It was one one guy wrote it, and he it was bought by Gates Company, and then they flipped it and uh, got it licensed to like IBM or something like that, and uh, and it took off 
from there. They bought something very cheap right. that they knew there was a market for, and then they flipped it and made it very valuable in a very short period of time. But uh, I mean, if you want to say if they bought it for like five hundred dollars, and that's theft because it was actually worth a million dollars or something, I I'm not sure that. Yeah, I don't. True. I, right. I don't. I don't know that either. And again, the documentary probably doesn't, you know, convey, uh, may yeah. not convey a truthful, uh, a truthful storyline either. It, it, however, yeah. is the storyline that that is desired to be told, and uh, the other one may never, never get the, the light of day. But um, that, so be that as it may, and yes, it's not for me to say whether somebody did it, uh, you know, ill-gotten or otherwise. Um, the question that I pose is just that, that question. You know, is it done and has it been done? I mean, look at insurance. You know, how many of those billionaires are, you know, major insurance uh, um, companies that are, you know, founded by an individual or whatever. Um, again, being made to become rich off of something that we would be able to do one for another if we loved our brethren. We would assist one another with loss and casualty. Um, but to take that insurance thing and and you know, utilize it in a private manner in which to build massive amounts of wealth, um, which is the people's bread, essentially, and then use it against them by doing things that are contrary to their best interests, that's going to have its accountability. It's going to have its day of accountability. So... Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it completely depersonalizes taking care of our own families, taking care of our neighbors, uh, exactly. and they use it to raise the prices on all of the services that they're providing in the first place and get even more money out of everyone. And then anyone, any business that's making a insurance claim is claiming the maximum amount they can possibly claim right up front, knowing that it's going to get negotiated back down to something else. So, but, but all the prices are getting, of that services are getting inflated to crazy levels because of that whole process. It's just screwed up in every, every way you can imagine. Well, just a few other thoughts here on parents' duty to children. Discipline, you know, Discipline is one of those things that we've been taught in recent decades that discipline is is wrong. And however, the biblical instruction is that you are to d- discipline a child. And Proverbs twenty nine seventeen, Proverbs twenty nine fifteen uh, cover that. Um, if we think about how God deals with us, I always think about that scripture in Isaiah 66 where God says, you know, as a mother comforts her child, I will comfort you. And how he, you know, talks about, you know, walking with us. 
and having compassion on us. Um, Psalms 103 is one of those psalms that, you know, expresses as the father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion upon those who fear him, those who love him, those who want to do his will, who seek his face, seek his name, seek his ways, seek his will. And certainly not to be outdone, you know, or not to be remiss in mentioning, flip over to Luke, and I think it's in 11, just came to my mind, I think it's in 11, 11, 12, somewhere in there. Um, Luke 11. Yeah, here it is. Uh, um, For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that's a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If then being evil know how to if that if you then being if you then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children how much more shall your heavenly father give the holy spirit to them that ask them so if we want his holy spirit and what is his holy spirit his righteousness So if we want his righteousness and we want to dwell in the shadow of that righteousness, then we ask for it. But in a parent-child relationship, if the child asks for something for an improper purpose or an improper motive, just as we talked about an improper purpose or an improper motive with wealth, if that is done, should we not expect that there would be a ratification for the ill-gotten motive or the ill-gotten reason? And we're told in Scripture, you, you don't get because you ask for the wrong reasons. You ask amiss. So how can we ask for something when we're not even being obedient? I remember how... As I was growing up, Rich, you probably too, this was that school of thought, is that if we expected to get something, we knew that we were to give something first. So if I was going to go to father or mother and ask for something, I should see whether the car needed washed. Or I should see whether I could help get the wood unloaded. Or I should see what else I could do before I even thought to go ask for something to do. Is that the way it was for you, Rich? Well, you knew if you didn't pre-do it, they were going to hit you up with it anyway. (laughs) That's exactly right. You're not supposed to say that. We've got youth on this fellowship here tonight. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's the way it that's works. Our little, that's, our, that's our little secret, you guys. If you don't do this ahead of time, our little secret is, is that we're going to make you do it anyway. <laughs> what do you think of that, Jeremiah? Um, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think of that, Isaac? I think you guys have to start letting me in on your secrets here. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. I think you'll learn those secrets. What was that, Rich? They have to deal with their younger generation. So Yeah. I mean, the other kids are out there playing video games. These guys are being conscientious. So they, they deserve to get whatever wisdom we can give them. Amen. Well, brethren, it's uh, 9 o'clock. I don't want to belabor anybody's evening here. Um, yeah, I got an early morning I, tomorrow. I, I would just like to ask that everybody keep uh, in prayer um, for this place in New Mexico because um, um, I, I've got somebody that, that I think the Lord has delivered and um, he's really working on some things that uh, could make it all come together pretty good. <clears throat> and... Um, so I'd just like everybody just to keep that in prayer that, that this keeps working forward and that uh, we can, you know, finalize Betty's estate, you know, fairly fairly soon. And um, I know those people that she's bequeathed it to are, are abundantly blessed by it. And uh, they continue to be blessed by it. And periodically send me emails and it's no thanks to me at all and I keep reminding them of that but I know they just want me to know they appreciate the work that's being done to bring it about so I understand that but keep that in prayer everybody that uh, that it keeps going forward to success and in a, in a conclusion and uh, Rich why don't you close us with uh, prayer this evening Okay, Heavenly Father, we thank you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for all the abundant blessings that you give us, for the health and the well-being of our families, and all the other good things that you give your children. Thank and praise you, Father. We ask for a speedy, speedy time of moving this property so that your, the money can be used for your goodwill to your people. We thank you, Almighty Father, for all the blessings you've given us. And Lord God, we thank you for the environment where it looks like a whole lot of pedophiles are going to be trashed. And they'll lose everything that they have, and hopefully they'll even lose their lives. But they're guilty of the most horrendous things. Heavenly Father, we bind them in the name of Jesus. 
bring them before your throne to loose them to your righteous indignation, to your righteous judgment, to your righteous wrath. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah, Father. Boy, I can't second that enough, Father. I'm glad to hear the things that we're hearing. And, Father, I, I just know it's going to be more smear, more of the same. Because what they can't do themselves, then they've got to, they've got to tarnish other people with it. And so, Father, I just know that, that your, your will is, is being carried out and your truth is being brought forward. And I pray, Father, that your truth continue to go through the land and that it continue to sweep this nation in a, in a very, very significant way. And, Father, that these people do come to justice, and especially those that Rich mentioned, these pedophiles and this group of these uh, despicable pieces of human debris uh, that have done these acts and uh, got away with it, and that your righteousness is going to prevail and, and they're not going to get away with it and that the truth is is going to win out. And Father, I know many people are so afraid that we've crossed the threshold where truth is no longer going to win. And uh, Father, we stand on that promise. We stand on that hope. We stand on, on the foundation that you've given us that if we stand in your truth and we stand in the righteousness and we're not the hypocrites, that truth will prevail and it will win out. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And Father, I lift this man up to you that we're working with. And I just, just lift him up in prayer. And I say, Father, just bless this man and, and, and what he, he appears uh, outwardly uh, to have been in his life. He's been a chaplain in the military and uh, spent a good number of years um, doing that. But, uh, Father, I know that the word's been polluted, and he had to sit on enemy lines many times, and he had to he had to put his hand on the shoulders of of men that were were about to take their last breath and give them hope in that everlasting life. And I can't imagine the many many things that he had to do and to witness and and the strength and the fortitude and the hope and so Father I just pray that this Father this property Father can be that blessing to him and can be what he wants in his older years here and that he will enjoy fulfilling the dream and the vision that Betty had and that it'll just be a blessing for him and I just lift him up in prayer to you and say Father. Touch him and your anointing and keep him. Uh, all those are about him because he's got to work with some of these individuals uh, to bring this about. And so, Father, I pray that you'll lead him in the right directions to those that will be a blessing to him. I ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, and I thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Well, okay. sounds good, guys. Rich, you have a good night. Tell us, say hello to the wife, and we'll talk at you next time. Okay, good night, guys. Cheers. All right. Good night. Good night. I'm going to close down recording here and.